If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Eric Hargan, welcome. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, good to talk to you. Uh, Eric is part of Operation Warp Speed. He joins as a member of the Health and Human Services Department in Washington, D.C. Eric, I want our audience to know it's Thursday afternoon. It is December 10th. As I speak to you, there's an FDA advisory board that is now hearing and will will likely at some point approve the vaccine. Uh, Knowing that (laughs) there's a couple things out there we cannot determine just yet, what's your expectation? Well, I'm actually just uh, stepped out from watching the live stream of that advisory committee, which I've been watching uh, this morning and and uh, early afternoon uh, to sort of uh, see how things are going on there. Uh, they're going to wrap up at the end of today, and then they make their recommendation to the FDA on any on their approval or the recommendation for FDA to authorize this, uh, and then any sort of twists that they might advise on that in terms of the rollout and everything like that, then we would move to FDA. FDA in the next day, two, three, four days after that, we think would take that advice, turn it into a recommendation, into an emergency use authorization, and then within 24 to 48 hours after that, we would be shipping. Okay, so then, shots in the arm, which we learned the other day is the end zone here, according to General Perna. Yes. Does that happen tomorrow? Is is it Sunday? Is it next week? So, say, what if FDA sort of uh, approves tomorrow? Uh, we would immediately start shipping. If they approved, say, Friday morning, we would start shipping on Friday. Uh, we would be able, we believe, through UPS, FedEx, CVS, and Walgreens, which are the people doing the distribution, that we'd be able to move in 24 to 48 hours to get those those distributed and start getting shots in arms. It's really going to depend on how quickly the authorization happens. Of course, we have a Sunday in there, which makes a little bit of peculiarity about delivery. Uh, You know, just want to make sure we don't end up doing deliveries that sit outside a place while nobody's there on Sunday. So we've been planning around that, just so you know, we're not, we won't be caught by surprise by something like that, but we're planning on distributing really immediately after mm-hmm. we get the authorization is the, um, and, it, and it, getting them into people's arms right away. Is the first recipient lined up? You know what? We have, we've got sort of a number of first recipients. We don't have a name, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. but we know, what, we know we're going to be distributing in, in two different areas. One, CVS and Walgreens are going into the nursing homes, the assisted living facilities, and vaccinating the residents and the staff. That's one sort of arm of this. The other arm of it, the states have given us lists of, of places where we're going to deliver through UPS and FedEx, and they're going to take it from there. So this is really going to be, it, I think it's going to be a little bit different than what they did in Britain. Uh, we're going to be doing so many different uh, distributions all at the same time. Uh, and, you know, we've got, I know we've gotten, we've talked with different members of tribes, different members of states, uh, but it's going to be a lot of people getting them all at the same time. We're really doing this across the country all at the same time. Amazing stuff. I mean, especially on the logistics. Eric, can you say which part of the country will be shipped first? 
I, I don't think we have any. We're doing this per capita, so it's being done by population. Each of the states we're planning on distributing to pretty much simultaneously. I mean, we're, we're handing this over right away. We got, in the terms of the nursing homes, we've got 99% of nursing homes signed up on this program to get, uh, to get those done. Uh, we've got different sort of setups to get the, get the uh, vaccines out from different parts of the country. So I, I don't think we have not set a priority of which region of the country gets it because it's being done by population. This is really a preventative step. So it's not one of these things like a therapy where you give it to sick people after they're sick. That would really go out, you know, when somebody gets a prescription because they get sick to go get one of these, one of these uh, cures or therapies. Uh, this is something that's preventative. So we're doing it by population, and we're sending it out to the whole country. At the preventative time. because you want to expose as many people to the vaccine as possible in a, Absolutely. In a small Absolutely. area. Um, and put an end to this. Eric, I, I was so impressed earlier in the week. I, I don't think a lot of networks covered it. We did. But the press conference with Operation Warp Speed was so impressive. So how many different parts of government and private industry have pulled together to pull this thing off? And I, Were you in the room for that? I have been. I'm on the, the quote-unquote board of Operation Warp Speed here at Health and Human Services. I don't think I was at the press conference, but I'm, I'm sort of working on the issues here, have been actually since the spring uh, when, when we sort of started putting this together. Okay. Uh, it, it was amazing. Whether you were in the room or not, it was really something to, to, to behold. Eric, can you tell our audience, whether it's by the end of December or whether it's next March, what percentage of the population will be able to get the vaccine? So we are, we've seen no change in our projections to be able to vaccinate 20 million people by the end of this month, really 40 million doses, that's two shots. So 20 million people vaccinated by the end of this month. We have millions of doses in hand already because we have been manufacturing this vaccine as the research and development has been going on and building out the distribution capacity. So we're able to move when this is authorized. Uh, and get millions of doses out. Still have no reason to say otherwise. You know, there always could be hitches along the way. These things happen, uh, but, but so far, so good. Uh, we see no reason to change that. Then you look forward into March, and the, and the picture, we both are looking at a new vaccine possibly coming online next week uh, because we're going to have an advisory committee meeting scheduled for the Moderna vaccine next Thursday and then possibly bring their manufacturing capacity online, their distribution capacity online starting next week. So that adds a whole other new uh, amount of vaccine, again, a 95, 94%, 95% effective vaccine, add that on with the millions of doses that we could start spinning up for Moderna. We have two more vaccines that are in late stage clinical trials that could come in as early as next month. Uh, both the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca vaccine are, you know, well along the process in terms of their, of their trials. So they're pretty, they're, they're, from my latest information, they're pretty close uh, on both of those vaccines as well. That adds on two more sets of production capacity. I think General Ostrowski has sort of projected June as, as a date. And I think that's a prudent thing for people to aim at. And that's everybody, pretty much. That's including uh, young people that haven't been as strongly affected by this virus. So, But we would be going to the high-risk population and the people that would be likely to kind of transmit it. We're going to them early. Uh, so, you know, nursing home residents and nursing home staff 
healthcare personnel and the medically frail, the elderly and medically frail. So we're trying to get to the populations that are likely to either suffer from the illness or transmit it. Mm, Great stuff. Um, Eric Hargan, stand by. This is Hammer Time. Our conversation continues in a moment. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Back with Eric Hargan, a member of the uh, Operation Warp Speed from Washington, member of Health and Human Services. Uh, sir, thank you so much for your, your time. What, what I think you've laid out is very interesting. A moment ago, you said the month of June, we will be able to vaccinate. Did you say everybody? Everyone who is willing to take a vaccine, right? So that's, that's going to be a difference, right? Because we think that our capacity should be on current projections. Again, things can change. You know, you can have, I've been around this sector a long time, and you can have hitches in a factory. You can have, you know, distribution issues. A warehouse shuts down or has a problem. Any of those kind of things can happen and really, you know, kind of put timelines back. But yes, I think when you look at, how far we are along in multiple vaccines at this point and with the production capacity that we have had projected to us uh, by the companies that are building it out, uh, both in terms of their own companies and then contract manufacturers that we've uh, gotten uh, contracts with to produce more vaccine on top of what the companies can produce. I think we've got a a good handle on being able to produce hundreds of millions of doses. We've got 330 Mm -hmm. million Americans, obviously, times some amount with the two-dose regimens, but I think uh, we have felt pretty comfortable uh, in projecting that, projecting that number, everybody. By June, some people, I've talked to them myself, they're not going to take the vaccine, wish they would. I'll take the vaccine as soon as I can. You will? Absolutely. I have complete confidence in our team at FDA. I have complete confidence in the people that are, that are manufacturing this. And 44,000 people participated in this first clinical trial. We have really over 100,000 people participating in these vaccine clinical trials overall for the vaccines. That's a lot of people. And we're not, we have not seen, I have not seen any, va- any safety signals. We would have paused this trial like we did with the AstraZeneca for weeks. We paused the trial because of two adverse cases. We would do the same now. I mean, you've seen our peer countries, Great Britain and Canada, have already felt comfortable in approving the, the Pfizer vaccine uh, to authorize it to start being distributed there. 
we have a, you know, probably a little bit harder eye on the safety issues, and so we're taking our time. Uh, we know it has to get out there soon, but we want to make sure people are assured that we have safety in top of mind on this issue. Mm. Well, you're a really good guest, Eric. Thank you. Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services. So in the month of June, am I able to daydream for a moment here and think that there could be 30,000 people in a baseball stadium this summer? I Look, Bill, we want this to be to return to normal life. That is what we want to have. And I don't think that's an idle dream. I mean, I look, you look at where we're concentrating right away. You know, my hope is that by distributing to nursing home residents, to staff that might, you know, that, that are caring for them, when we look at getting the elderly and the medically frail inoculated early on, we hopefully will see cases of hospitalization and deaths come down before we see those number of cases of the people, young people getting it, right? So we'll see, hopefully, the effects of this disease go down well before, I mean, the the terrible, severe effects of this disease go down before we get everybody Mm. vaccinated and before we see that, you know, that total herd immunity from COVID-19. I know your time is limited. Just a few more questions on this. So as you paint that picture of normalcy for America, maybe it's not that way all over the world. So I'm, I'm just wondering if, if people are expecting to go off and travel outside the country, uh, would that be possible? Would international life be restored then? Or could you still see restrictions by that you know, think, month of June that you're describing? Sure. I think that, you know, it's going to depend on, obviously, we don't, we don't run other countries. But, you know, when you look at other countries, they're going to have to look at our experience and the fact that we have a vaccinated population to look at that. And I'm, I we have been talking about this quite a bit over the last few months of like, how do people prove they're vaccinated? How do you show that? You know, there are people that, is there a card? Is there a registry? How do you tell that you've been vaccinated so that you can tell people, look, I'm free of the disease. I can't catch COVID-19. That's going to be an issue that I think we're going to have to deal with as a society. And I think your, your question very adroitly points out the issue we're going to have even internationally. When we have a vaccinated population, how do you show that to other people? How can they trust that? somebody coming from the United States or any country is vaccinated and therefore we can count on that person not spreading uh, this disease uh, in their country. So think I think we'll, think we'll I have think, to prove yeah. it. I mean, will we have a card? Will there be an app for that? <laughs> will there be an app for that? Yeah, I think that's, that's good. I think that's something that we're talking and we're talking with kind of the, the providers and employers about that issue, because obviously employers are going to be very concerned about being able to show that their workforce or main, make sure that people working in their institutions are vaccinated, uh, particularly those that work in close quarters. Uh, Britain has done it so far with just a card. It's just a simple card. looks like a business card for people to come back and say, look, I got the one shot. I'm coming back for the second one. It, that's going to be a question I think everybody's going to have to, uh, is going to have to wrestle with about what we do, whether it's an app. People have, have, progress, have thought of a bunch of different ideas on this. It, it's not going to be an easy question, but I think we're going to get a lot of people vaccinated early on. I think we're going to get a lot of people, God willing, and we're going to get a lot of people who are going to be immune to this. We're going to start seeing the, the hospitalizations and the deaths start to drop, hopefully, once we get this stuff fully out there. And, and I think that's going to be the clearest sign. Yeah. And it's going to be less of an issue. This proving things out is going to be less of an issue uh, as we move through those vulnerable Lord, let, Let's hope. Yes, thank you. Well, one last question here. Uh, there will be some who will not want to take the vaccine, as you have pointed out earlier in our conversation. Uh, there are also reports of side effects. If you receive the vaccine, whether you're 
30 years old or 80 years old, what, what is the physical feeling that is to be anticipated or expected? Yeah, so I've talked with some of the people who've gotten the vaccine already, and I've, I've looked through the early results. The adverse events on this look to be very mild to moderate. They're things like, you know, the typical things that you have, you know, like, oh, maybe your arm is a little sore after a vaccination. I've had that happen. Or some redness at the site where it's administered. That's that's pretty common in any vaccination, including this one. Um, and then beyond that, I think that the only thing that I've seen so far that's of any regularity is a feeling of fatigue or, or a headache, mild headache. That seems to be what I have seen so far, obviously, as these things move on. And that's really looking at data that is tens of thousands of people in these clinical trials so far. Again, I'm going to wait for FDA. They'll be mulling over the results from the advisory committee that's meeting today. That's going to be doing this in much more detail. Um, and then the FDA is going to look at it again. But that seems to be uh, we're, we're looking at things that are relatively mild to moderate side effects. Uh, we have heard reports from Britain, obviously, in the last couple of days, and, and we'll take that under consideration if we see more as there's a broader rollout of this beyond 44,000 or what have you as we sort of roll this vaccination out. But all the signs so far have been very good for for these vaccines. Sir, thank you for your time. I'll allow you to get back inside the FDA hearing, and good luck there. Eric Hargan, thank, thank you. you. Uh, Eric is the Deputy Secretary, member of the Health and Human Services, also member of Operation Warp Speed that we are watching by the hour now. Thank you, sir. I'm Bill Hemmer. Thank you. This is Hemmer Time. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.